You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Not everything in life is flexible, but at Capella University, your education can be. With our game-changing FlexPath learning format, you're empowered to fit education into your life without putting other priorities on hold. FlexPath lets you set your own deadlines and adjust them when needed. You can take courses at your own speed and move on to the next one when you're ready. Imagine how a flexible education can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and this week I have a quick and dirty tip about commas and semicolons with transition words, and a tidbit about why we call something a double whammy. Two weeks ago, we talked about comma splices, errors that happen when you join two main clauses with just a comma, but you can make the same kind of mistake if you aren't careful when joining two main clauses with conjunctive adverbs, such as however, therefore, Furthermore, and nevertheless. Remember, a main clause, also known as an independent clause, is just something that could be a complete sentence if it were all by itself. If you're joining two main clauses with a conjunctive adverb, you need a semicolon before that adverb, and a comma after. That adverb needs to be snuggled between a semicolon and a comma. Think about this example. Imagine I'm worried about a library book that's due tomorrow. I'm not finished reading it, semicolon. Moreover, comma, I left it at Steve's house. I'm not finished reading it is a main clause, and I left it at Steve's house is also a main clause. So I need a semicolon before, moreover, and a comma after it. Or, in the same way you can fix a comma splice with a period, I could also separate the two main clauses here with a period. I'm not finished reading it, period. Moreover, comma, I left it at Steve's house. And now, this is where it gets tricky, because sometimes conjunctive adverbs come in the middle of your sentence and aren't followed by a main clause. And then you can just sandwich them between two commas. Here are some examples of sentences like that. I'll wager, comma, moreover, comma, that the library won't cut me any slack on the fine. Fines are, comma, however, comma, an important tool the library uses to get people to return books on time. In both those sentences, the part after the adverb isn't a main clause, so I just used a comma before and after the words moreover and however. The same rules apply to transition words and phrases such as, for example, in other words, and on the other hand. If you're joining two main clauses, you use a semicolon and a comma, just like you did before. But if the part after the transition isn't, isn't a main clause, then you just use two commas. First, think about this example. I might be able to get it back in time, semicolon, for example, comma, I could ask Steve to bring it by before work. I might be able to get it back in time is a main clause. 
and so is I could ask Steve to bring it by before work. So I snuggle, for example, between a semicolon and a comma. But now, think about this one. I could ask Steve to bring it by, comma, for example, comma, before work or during his lunch hour. Now the part after for example is just a couple of prepositional phrases, before work or during his lunch hour, not a main clause, so you don't need a semicolon. You just use two commas, one before for example and one after. It all depends on whether the part that comes after the transition is a main clause or not, and it's easy to get distracted. But just remember, with a main clause after your transition word, you need a semicolon before and a comma after. And without a main clause, you can get away with two commas. As usual, you can find the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com. And this week, I also put a few sentences you can practice on at the end of the page. Just search the site for the title, Commas with Transition Words. And now, on to the tidbit. Have you ever been hit with a double whammy? It's a double dose of luck so bad it feels like a one-two punch. Maybe your rent came due the same day as your car payment. That's a double whammy. Or your girlfriend dumped you right after you lost your job. Ouch, double whammy. But what's a whammy, and why exactly does it come in pairs? From the best we can tell, whammy came into use in the 1940s. It probably came from the rather dull wham, meaning a blow, made cute and fanciful with a Y ending. Back then, it was used to denote a hex or evil influence. Whammy showed up frequently in sports coverage. For example, if your baseball team were losing, you might complain that someone put a whammy on you. The term double whammy came into play a little bit later. Its origins can be traced back to the Little Abner comics by cartoonist Al Cap. A 1951 strip features Evil Eye Flegel, a zoot suit wearing native of Brooklyn. In the comic, Flegel boasts that he can putrefy citizens just by giving them his evil eye. One eye's a single whammy, but if he stares at them with, quote, the full power of both eyes, well, according to Flegel, that's a double whammy, quote, which I hopes I never have to use, unquote. <laughs> Look out. Though its association with actual curses has since faded, the term double whammy still means bad things are afoot and remains a useful expression to this day. Just hope you never have to use it. So that's your tidbit for today. A double whammy is a double dose of misfortune. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. Thanks to the people who told me where they listen this week. Larry is a mental health therapist with the Department of Veterans Affairs and listens while feeding pygmy goats and tending to his beehives. They're amazing. And Lara said hello from the International Language Association headquarters in Newark, Delaware. Keep up the good work transforming lives through literacy, Lara. Grammar Girl is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. Search your podcasting app for Quick and Dirty Tips to see all our other shows. And did you know that I've written seven books about language? Just search for Grammar Girl at your favorite online bookstore. I'm Mignon Fogarty. That's all. Thanks for listening.
Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hey, it's Mignon. If you want to do more to hone your communication skills, then check out Think Fast, Talk Smart, produced by the Stanford Graduate School of Business and hosted by my friend and Stanford lecturer, Matt Abrahams. You may remember Matt from his interview on the show back in September when he shared his top tips for becoming a better writer and speaker. Think Fast, Talk Smart is his Webby award-winning podcast, which has been downloaded 41 million times and has been the number one career podcast in more than 95 countries, so you know it's worth your time. Whether you're making a wedding toast or presenting at work, strong speaking skills are critical to success in business and in life which is why Matt sits down with experts every week to talk about the best tips to unlock your communication potential. Hear from pros like neuroscientist Andrew Huberman on how to manage speaking anxiety, speechwriter and best-selling author Dan Pink on how to take risks in your communication, and psychologist Kelly McGonigal on how to harness nervous energy to fuel powerful presentations. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Think Fast, Talk Smart, every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And tell Matt I said hi.